Let's put a smile on that face. <laughs> Another episode of Extremely Geek Dogs here, and I am so super excited because this is the first episode of Season 3, and today I have the most awesome people in the world right now, Kyle Jones and Clarence Brown. Kyle, Clarence, welcome, welcome. Thank you, thank you. I have to say real quick, that is probably the best introduction I think we have ever had, so (laughs) that was cool. Thank you. Yeah, uh, absolutely ecstatic to be on your uh, first episode of the new season. So, so thanks for having us. Oh yeah, of course, of course, man. And and it's a more even makes it even more exciting for the season. Is is a little slight change in this now because if you guys haven't heard yet, um, Streaming Geek Dial is now part of the Discussing Network, which is run by Kyle Jones himself and Clarence Brown as well. And I'm so happy to be part of this team. And this is a really exciting time, really, really exciting time with you guys. Well, we are glad to have you. As anyone who is also listening to Discussing Comics knows, you have been a voice mm-hmm. for about almost a year now, if not exactly a year on a Discussing year? Comics. I think it has been. Wow. Time flies. Time so flies, man. It just felt natural to us. And, you know, we're, we're looking forward to being a part of Extremely Geeked Out and however form you would like to have us. And we're just glad to have you, bottom line. Likewise, likewise. So today, guys, we're going to be talking about comics. But, of course, that's what the show is all about. But more so on for the new readers. And if you're one of those people who've been watching the movies or some of the shows that's been that's out now and you want to get into reading the books to learn more about some of the superheroes this is the episode you want to listen to right now because today Clarence Brown you're one of the looking to get into comic books correct yeah 100% man uh so I'm interested to hear you guys opinions on what direction I should go Mm, well, this is going to be a fun time because this is <laughs> this is going to, we're going to try to navigate you into the right direction and what to what to expect and what to look for to actually get you get you connected into the comic book world. So sit back and uh, let's let's do this thing. So Clarence, so what? I guess I'm assuming probably the movies is what or the movies or the shows that's really got you into one looking to get into comic books, right? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of hard, man, because if you look at the current landscape of movies and television, uh, there are so many comic book related properties that are out there and that are doing quite well. So if you look at the overall landscape of that, um, the knowledge of comics has become more general. Um, everybody knows who, who uh, are in these books, are fans of the current properties that we have on various different streaming networks and and movies as well so yeah uh it's kind of hard once you look at the overall scope and you actually want to reverse and go the other way and say oh i like character x now where do i even start to try to decipher this vast history 
of where this character has come from, because especially when you look at a lot of the, the movies and the and and the television shows, they are picking the best parts and kind of weaving it into uh, their cinematic universe. I'm little quotes here. Their universe yeah. <laughs> that we that we see on, on both TV and, and television. So, yeah, that's kind of where I am Um there. I'm pretty much a fan of all of them that are out. There's some that I'm very much more fan of and some I'm, I just look at just because it's on. I think when I think of one like that, I think of Umbrella Academy, you know, huh? yeah. I, <laughs> but, but, but certainly when you look at the tenfold properties, the, the DCU, the MCU, um, I'm all over those and I wouldn't even know where to begin to, to go back if I wanted to catch up on a particular character or even these teams that we're looking at i would have no idea where to start where to start it's it's intimidating it can be it really can be intimidating <laughs> you're like like you like you said where do you start from it and it's i guess for me i guess it's really hard for you to just it's a lot to explain of course but you don't want to go to the if you want to start off on a good point, you want to go where because every now and then a comic book will always um, give you a, like there's like a window basically to give you a good start to where you just to get a good start. You don't want to know it's not so much you want to learn how this person got this power, how this cut you know how this superhero um, basically came to be because somewhere down the line the story will explain how this superhero came to be or how. Um, he got his powers and where you know uh, where he's at now, and it's, you're really yeah. looking at, at a good window for a good story st- start. And and it's real, but like I said, what I would say, I ask you, what superhero really catches your uh, your interest? <sighs> well, that that in itself is interesting because uh, if I look at now, um, I'm, I'm I'm like most people, I'm mostly gravitating toward the uh, MCU. And one of the characters that uh, that intrigues me the most, and I don't think even Cal knows this, is, is Ant Man. Um, wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. So, so I've I've picked up a, a little knowledge from where that character hails from, from from Cal Jones, of course. But um, looking at even in the MCU, how they're weaving in all of his history in different ways into the movies, as well as. Uh, to his standalone movies as well as the overall uh, Avengers movies, I thought all, of, all that has been pretty interesting. So I think I would like to know how it all got started for him. Hmm. Okay. So. And, and I know you mean which one when I say Ant Man. Well, yeah, that's another one too. Yeah, that's another because there's been other people playing Ant Man. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's one way of looking at it. And it's um, you can always go back and read like it's the best the easiest way to get like the maximum knowledge without reading a gajillion single issues is reading trades mm-hmm. um, trades can definitely help you out and like catch and help you catch up to a certain part or a certain point to where the, the superior is um, and really and also just reading like really good um uh, one shots of certain um, books. Um, one I can tell you that I liked. It was a good Ant Man story, but it, it had to deal with Hank Pym's uh, Ant Man, and it dealt more so with it, it was in Age of not Age of Ultron, excuse me, uh, Avengers: Rage of Ultron, and 
it gives you not so much so much how he became Ant Man, but more so on his relationship between or him with um, Ultron, and how they are so much almost two sides of the same coin. It's a really really uh, it, very interesting story, and I I recommend for that one. Oh, Kyle, um, what do you what would you suggest? So if I were thinking from the perspective of Ant Man. I the first thing I would ask you, Clarence, is probably are you wanting to focus more on the character history or are you wanting to know more about Scott's story? Well, that's sort of the thing when I, I think of the, the Scott Lang, which I, I believe is the version we have, the uh, the newer version we have in MCU is like I, just little things about him that I want to know if that's a movie invention or is that something that was ingrained in ingrained in the character like for instance um i forget the actor's name he's very funny whoever the actor is he's very funny uh as scott lang so paul is that rudd. a trade yeah yeah paul rudd yeah. so is that is that like a trademark of the character because you know, certainly when you look at spider-man and his quips you know that's part of spider-man but for ant-man i'm not so sure so things like that and i don't think i want to focus uh on on hank or scott specifically i would like to know the full swath of 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 the history of the character in the the various iterations like i remember you mentioning kyle when when he became he got very big i think you said it was giant man like that was a thing for a while and then like some of the backstory we see in the movie like when we see uh lawrence fishburne's character um in the movie and they have there's some underlying parts to that that we you know they burst on in the movie but we don't get the clear um backstory for all of that so i find all that interesting and then you know how he and 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 hank pym worked together apparently from the movie anyway um uh in their younger days so you know just the full swath of that history is something i find interesting so i'm you know just immediately thinking here the answer to your question about his history and the quips and the spider manness that necessarily didn't happen in the comic he has always been more of a you know traditional superhero there was a third ant-man by the name of eric o'grady that was a little bit more comedic and sarcastic and maybe they took a little bit of that and flavor and combine mm. that into what we have with um scott mm-hmm yeah, and, and that's kind of what I consider the other rub to all of this. Like, what if the version that people are really loving or gravitating to in the movie is just not what the comic book character was? I'm trying to think of another example, but if he's, if he's not that quippy and funny um, as a on the on the pages themselves, oh, like who, who? Why would or how do you go back and? And, and and read that and and still have the same enjoyment, you know. So that that's another weird thing too with going from the movie first and going to the comic from there is that what they may have created on screen maybe nothing like the character. Right, what you were used to, yeah. It's and that, it kind of goes both ways because that's why you get a lot of like comic book veterans will bash a movie so hard because they're so used to what they have read in the books and has not been interpreted into the movies per se um or or storyline because i think like i love civil war in the movie i love i loved it i love the comic book even more granted we all know because of the whole copyright or the um movie rights with 
you know, Mar- Sony and Fox were kind of limiting uh, Marvel to do an actual full-on scale of what Civil War, the story, should have been. But if you watch the movie, you'll side with Captain America, and I, sh- I should say this, you side with Captain America more in the comic books, but in the movie, you kind of understand the both. Like, you kind of torn between the two. Like, if you, si- if you sided with Tony in the movie, then it not you know then we understood where your your where grounds you stood on, but in the comic books it was a clear cut like okay you you would want to side with Captain America because of what Tony was uh, representing on in the comic book side. Um, but yeah, I get it. It's it, but um, it's like if you are used to a, like how Scott Lang is in the movie. How are you going to like him in the Scotland in the comic books? He's still a likable character, but it's not as it's not the same way that it was in he is in the comic books. So, but it's I, oh sorry no no no. So I want to ask both of you a question based on the same line of thought. So let's say Clarence is going to comicsology or going to a local comic shop and he's looking for scott lang and he knows what he's expecting from the movie and he's trying to replicate that in whatever he's about to buy trade paperback individual comic whatever let's go back to the year 2000 with the x-men and when the x-men movie came out with their leather suits and no bright colors, et cetera, and so forth. At that very same time in the comics, they were all in leather suits and no bright colors and et cetera, and so forth. So what do you guys think of making the characters visually mimic what they are in the movie when that might be 180 degrees from what they've been known for for X number of years? What do you guys think? I, I will say that I like that, and that's more, that's very clever. And you start, Marvel is smart. They have started doing that in recent, in recent books. Um, it, you started noticing how they were trying to compare the superheroes from the movies into the comic books. They even, like, at one point, they even, like, took out the X-Men in the comic books just because they couldn't do X-Men in the MCU for a while. Interesting. So, um, yeah, I, I think is it does help lure in the people who are look outside looking in and it does. But however, the flip side of that, it does. It may rub the uh, veteran <laughs> comic book readers the yeah. other ways because like there's like I said, they're used to that, you know, that what the what they used to be and then you're changing somewhat changing the continuity of the uh, original comic books and but um uh, for me yeah. i would say i i actually like that because it's more intuitive and it's more inclusive to all aspects of um, pop culture yeah cal jones i think you're reading my mind here because the thing i immediately thought of if you're coming from the movies or tv and trying to go back um, is that the comics I do read, I said I'm, I don't read a lot of comics, but the comics I do read now are all ancillary material to a TV show. So it's reversed in the sense that that comic is inspired by said TV show. So, for instance, uh, we can talk about the Doctor Who comics, 
more recently I've been reading a lot of the Star Trek uh, Discovery comics that have come out as uh, ancillary material to the season that we just watched or a prequel to the season we just watched. So um, it's it's kind of weird because I've started reading more comics that way because the, the TV show is driving me there. But when you look at people who are fans of these comic book movies that were inspired by the books, which, like Cal just mentioned, are going back and inspiring the books from the movies. It's kind of a weird circle there <laughs> it works. That's true. That's true. Nowadays, it's comic books are more than just capes and super types now. It's a broader uh, genre now. Uh, it, you can, like the, like was mentioned, the Doctor Who's, the uh, Star Trek comics. Um, even gaming as well. Comic books are you know, getting into gaming. Like there's Street Fighters. There's if I don't if I remember correctly, they had a Sonic the Hedgehog at one point um, under Boom, I believe, as a publisher. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's. I mean, you don't necessarily even if you want to get in comic books and probably not superheroes, not your thing. There's like a broad, broad, broad. Of other comics, even mystery or horror type stuff as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let me say this real quick about the X Men one more time and compare it to something else. I think over the years, the hardcore comic fans have learned to accept those cosmetic changes that happen. And I'll give you an example the X Men example that I just gave. I was one of those hardcore fans that hated the leather suits that they put them in because I knew Wolverine <laughs> in his yellow and or you know brown and whatever brown you know blue, yeah. she's Phoenix she needs to be in green and yellow etc and so forth <laughs> I didn't like the you know the leather outfits go up to 2017 and I'm going to see Wonder Woman and then I look in the Wonder Woman comics that we have today and the traditional Wonder Woman outfit transformed into basically the movie version and i'm okay with that (laughs) so i think fandom has learned to accept those cosmetic changes you look at uh the way iron man you were talking civil war you look at the way iron man looked prior to 2008 and 2008 forward i'm not going to say he looks like robert downey jr now but there is a change in the way he and Captain America look 2008-ish going forward. Yeah, yeah. And even, like, he wasn't, like, Tony, Iron Man in the movies is a very lifeable character. And prior to Civil War, in the comic books, people really didn't like Iron Man. He wasn't even that much popular up until 2008. And so you have to look at those things, too. Um one thing I like, I would mention for another movie that I kind of didn't, it took a while for, it took a couple of movies for me to get used to was how Harry Osborn was portrayed in Sam Raimi's Spider-Man as being <laughs> the super jock, real cool, handsome guy. And really in the comic books, he's a wimp almost. So like he's your typical, you know, rich kid, you know, rich kid, like trust fund kid, you know, so. <laughs> he, he uh to have that him being so cool and popular and he's just you know and peter was just so lucky to be his friend you know ordeal in the movie it was a bit of a ch- uh, culture shock for me but I, I got used to it though but um it's definitely different but 
I get what you're saying, like, uh, um, about the, you mentioned about the X-Men turning to the uh, black leather suits. I mean, it's, it's those, those small things sometimes can really get at you and, and why this, why is this, why this has to change? Cause the outsider needs to, <laughs> needs to, yeah. Yeah, needs to be adjusted. But it's, that's the thing is to, um, when comic books started getting into movies, they had to make it more appeasing or more, um, practical, I guess, for the people who aren't exposed to comic books. So, well, well, oh, good. No, I, yeah, I was just going to ask you guys this. Uh, do you think it's, cause we we're talking about, um, cosmetic, cosmetic changes. Do we think it's affecting the storyline any? Me? All, oh, I, hmm. In my opinion, not so much. Not so much. Um, does it make, because sometimes you also have like okay you all there's there's some superhero costumes that are just like how does how is this function in real life you know how, how's this they have to make the suit seem more practical so hmm. if, so actually I'm going to disagree with you Ron but yeah. in a different way but in a different way from the costume because I don't think the clothes make the man. But I do think sometimes the man makes the man, and I'll tell you why. And I'm not saying changing the sex of a character, no, yeah. but I'm going to give an, uh, an example of the comics mimicking the reality of the movie. And let's use Nick Fury for an example. Right. You know, we've got Samuel L. Jackson. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden we have ultimate Nick Fury. And lo and behold, now we have Nick Fury Jr. in the 616 classic <laughs> Marvel who just calls himself Nick Fury. So that's a, you know, you would you would still have the white guy with the sideburns and the eye patch if right. you didn't have the movie version. Yeah, true, very true, very true. But it's I don't know. It's even then it's like I don't know. Maybe I think Marvel is slowly trying to. I guess I don't know. It almost seems like they were just planning this to do this to somehow make the Samuel Jackson Nick Fury into the prime or just the prime Nick Fury. It also because it all started when they started doing the Marvel Ultimate um, comic books, and when they made this version of Nick Fury, he strikingly resembled Samuel Jackson. So then the movies came out, and then parallel to that, Marvel was gearing up for um, Secret Wars comic book uh, done by um, Jonathan Hickman, and what was the end of that? It was the culmination, basically the culmination of bringing the Ultimate Universe into Earth 616. And also, a few other side Marvel comic book events, you had um, you had Original Sin. And that did away, in the end of that story, dealt away with the original Nick Fury becoming a new Watcher. So Earth 616... Technically didn't have a Nick Fury anymore until after Secret Wars, and guess who's the new Nick Fury? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like they did certain things to actually, you know, to lure most newcomers to read the new books. Like, oh, there's the new, there's the Nick Fury that I know from the movies in this book. Okay, here comes. There's no X Men books, so I don't have to worry about. Um, reading those because they're technically on the 
on the back burner now. Well, were at the time. Now they're kind of they're now they're back with Jonathan Hickman writing as um as the uh, main writer for the X Men stories. But um they Marvel Studios and Marvel Comics have they are definitely working hand in hand and trying to lure in you know people from who are fans of the movies into the comic books. I, so I have a question for the two of you, and you know we're talking about the, the aesthetics of you know the, and the stories and the the superheroes. But what if you had it in the opposite direction, meaning you're watching a TV or movie, you know, TV show or a movie you're going to see, and you're wanting to pick up comics that are inspired or you know that this was the base material, and when you get the comics. Do you stay with the comics if the story that you're watching has diverged from the comic for which you're reading? Does that entice you to keep reading or does that scare you away? And Clarence, what do you think? Do you think that would entice you to? Yeah, I think it's different um, because I'm going to relate this to Japanese manga. Um, You have a lot of shows that follow Japanese manga, which is just a Japanese comic book, basically. And it, when you get the show, it follows up to, it follows the manga to a point, but then it's a point where there's no new material (laughs) to, to make another episode. So they do what's called filler. Mm. So, so I don't, I don't know. That's, that's a hard question because of, of course, when you, we're talking about these movies again. When you move to to try to go to these comics, you you want it to be the same storyline, um, but it's very likely that it's not. It, that's just not how it works. So I don't know, man. That's that's a hard one. What do you think, Ron? Hmm. I just it was it, that is a tough one. It doesn't really bother to me too much if. For like okay, for one, here's one good example: Game of Thrones. There was only it never I went on for like what eight seasons, eight or seven mm-hmm. seasons, and they basically. But they never. The thing is, the book itself was never finished. So by see, I think it was by seven, either six or seven, season six or seven, they were just freelancing. Mm, yeah, the whole entire time. Granted, I never read. Um, Game of Thrones, but to for them to actually just to create their own basically their own stories from the last two seasons is quite interesting. Like I, I enjoyed the the overall entirety of um, Game of Thrones. Of course, there's been a lot of backlash about that because a lot of people felt like it should have ended the way it should have. But it, that's that's up to anybody's opinion on that one. But it's um I guess the problem with that is when you have a story like Game of Thrones that became so popular, but knowing that the story is not completed and you yeah. get to a certain point is like, okay, we don't have any more material. So what do we do now? But people still want to watch this show. So yeah. you got to do something about it to appease to the, the people who are still watching it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's in case that, All right, so I'm going to reference the actual idea or the actual story that I was basing my question on, which is uh, The Walking Dead. And The Walking Dead comic 
pretty much from the first couple of issues that I went back and read starts diverging from what we see in the actual story. So if I am a Walking Dead fan watching the TV version before and I go back and I'm looking at the introduction to Michonne or seeing Carol as a completely different character as from what I know on the TV show, I might not want to read the comic because that's not the character, you know, that I've grown to, you know, like, you know, over however long I've been watching it. And the flip side of that that you also have is do you continue reading a comic that has a longer story than what you are in the TV series where you risk the possibility if they go the same route and spoil something <laughs> that that you might be spoiled on. Well, let me ask this, because I, I think this is the route that I want to get to when you, you talk about these suggestions that you guys are giving me. So, Ron, you suggested, suggested going with the trade, but I, I want to ask, do should we just look at it as being something totally separate that where two paths should not cross? <laughs> it's just a totally separate thing. You can get a lot of tidbits there into the movies, but if you go read these trades or start with the renumbering or wherever you want to jump in at, from from a mindset of somebody saying, I'm into the movie, I want to get into the comics, should we just 100% go into that saying to ourselves that it's just going to be different? There's going to be some things similar, but just look at this um, exactly. as a different property. It, yeah, it is. That's I would say that is keep your mind open. As same way as he did when you was watching, you start first start watching the movies, because like I said, it's going to be a little different. It, like I said, because of the original book, you know, it started out as originally as a book, and they had to change it in a certain way to attract um, viewers. But um, but yeah, if you never re- never re- read a book of that certain here, you've watched it on the big screen or the small screen, um, you want to keep still keep an open mind going into a book uh, uh, but uh, trade, like I said trades like, do help out you to catch up in certain ways and just give you a more broader um, aspect of the character but it, yeah I would say yeah just keep your mind open and I'm sure you and Kyle have, have to do the same thing going the other way yes, yeah. I, and you know I think the question that you Clarence are someone in the position of wanting to know more. They watch the movie and they want to know more. I don't think the question per se should be, hey, what should I read? Maybe what the question might be is if you could recommend one Ant-Man comic story that I should really read, what would mm-hmm. you suggest is the best? Because that gives mm-hmm. whoever is the comic book fanatic that wants to geek out totally over that character or comics in general that kind of makes them choose one specific thing because if you're someone like me who was reading comic books before they could read per se that when you've lived comic books for all these years you're going to start blabbering off all these different facts and etc and so (laughs) forth like i usually do but if you force me to give you one simple story kind of like what we do with doctor who if you have someone who has never been a doctor who fan and says what is an episode that i should watch chances are we might say blink 
or maybe Vincent and the Doctor, something self-contained that is what we consider best, not, oh, well, you need to go to this doctor, blah, 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 blah. So maybe the question needs to be, like I said, kind of more focused around what is the best story in that person's opinion for that character. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yep, I will say that. And also, also, what else helps you out with getting into comic books is finding the right comic book shop, too. Finding one that you can really connect, you actually get connected to as someone that's willing to help, that's willing to help you out to help. Also, there will, there's comic book shops that will help, supposed to, anyways. Why else, you know, comic book shop be there, you know, for newcomers? But, um, walk in and they immediately want to know, hey, what are you into? You know, uh, what, you know, see what, you know, try to help you out to see where, you know, where we can, where they can pinpoint you to a certain book you know also yeah having the right you know going to the right comic book shop definitely helps you you know get get more into comic books Uh, do do we think the comic book shops are currently well do we think comics comic books as a whole are currently suffering because that is a symbiotic relationship isn't there anymore because it sounds like to me what you're telling me is uh, having a good shop to go to and being able to ask the right questions to get the book you want, you give the shop more sales, and it's just like a perpetual type relationship back and forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think, in the absence of that, that comic books or comic books as a whole are are uh, is it bad for them as a whole right now because we don't really have that face to face interaction, or, or are there other outlets where you can have that same type of uh, camaraderie? Yeah, well, of course. We dealing with the pandemic, it does change things. I mean, I've heard a couple of um, comic book shops near my area closing up because of, because of the fact because they can't really keep you know the business running. Because even I don't think on a regular day before you know pre COVID, I don't think like they had it wasn't they didn't have a whole lot of people rushing into you know in their stores on a daily basis. But um, some stores yeah do are still open. I know my local comic book shop is still open and of course he's he's very knowledgeable in comic books and will always try to help you out in any certain way. Um, but yeah, it does that aspect of it yeah can at this time can be a little challenge, challenging depending on the area that you are. Um, and it's really up to the uh, the business I guess the um, the owners really on how intuitive they are and to keep their business running. I'm actually surprised how my comic book shop is still up and running right now, like as well as he's doing right now. I don't think he really skipped a beat, really. Mm-hmm. Um, he's. I don't think he's really shown that much slowing down per se. Um, of course, when I guess during earlier in the year, of course, when everybody was just freaking out and, Hoarding toilet paper and all that stuff, but um, uh, it, but when people started to calm down a little bit more, he start people really help you know came about helping him out is too. That's the thing about I mean if you when it comes to getting the right comic book shop, I guess when when a comic book shop actually does things right to actually help other people, you know, in customer service the community around them actually turns around and helps them out a little bit and keep them, you know, keep them afloat at least. 
So my my thought on the idea of the comic shops and how they're changing, I don't think the comic shops per se are going to go away. But I think you are going to have some that are going to unfortunately have to close like we were talking about. Um, As you were talking, Ron, I was thinking about the video that you recommended that we did a review of on discussing comics that my comic shop country. Yes. And they were talking exactly what you were saying about the shops not having the amount of sales that we would just think, you know, they they are lucky sometimes to break even. Mm -hmm. What I see happening is I see the industry maybe focusing more in the future on digital uh, production of comics and stories that they can print in trade paperback that can be sold on Amazon or can be sold in bookstores, et cetera, and so forth. Now, for the comic shop itself, I'm seeing a lot of comic shops maybe devote more time to having a presence on Facebook or, you know, doing a, well, we're going to mail your comics to a, to you, especially in this um, era of a pandemic, trying to keep themselves afloat. So I do see that maybe it's going to change, but I just don't know how much or what that end product's going to be. Yep, I will say that too. But also, yeah, going into that, but it's, if going to a comic book shop or getting like a, a physical print doesn't really necessarily help, but also digital comic books would help as well because Marvel Unlimited has is pretty much like the Netflix of of uh, comic books right now um, giving you they just have a very broad um, of their uh, history of their comic books and going you can look, search a certain superhero or villain or whatever and they'll give you a certain story um, to look at to look at you can categorize it from you know superheroes to events to um publisher or you know to on um, creators certain writers that may wrote your favorite superhero it's definitely i mean marvel unlimited definitely definitely helps out with that on navigating in certain to a certain way um especially for um ant-man um whether you want to look into hank pym or scott lang or or, or grady as well so, Clarence, let me ask you a question, and I want to kind of reverse engineer Ron's original question, which is what would make you or what would turn you off if you were interested in reading about a character or or looking at what other comics could I read? What would be a turnoff to you to make you not want to maybe check out a comic book or something? Well, Kyle, funny you should ask that. <laughs> you know – Man, I remember, and, and this is a experience me and you both had. What's, what's the name of the comic book shop in downtown Hattiesburg? Uh, there is, the, you know, there's uh, Bombshell, which is the one I went to. And then there was another one, I think Southern Fried. Yeah, Southern one. Fried. Yeah. So this may have been 10 years ago. I don't know. <laughs> but but there, there was a point where me and you were both somehow in said comic book shop. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but but anyway, the the point was, I, I think I was pinging you about X Men because oh, you, you know, you're always regaling about how 
awesome X-Men are. It's your favorite. You know, it's, it's what got you in the comics. And I was asking you the question, how do I get started with X-Men? <laughs> Which, you know, Ooh. is pointing to this episode. <laughs> That's a million and dollar the, question. <laughs> yes. And the thing that turned me off at that moment was you said, well, we can look at this book. But then there's a whole nother storyline in this book. But then you can't get. I think I've asked you this before. So the fact, the thing that'll, throw, that'll make me not want to get in is if that is that I'll have to get five different books or titles to get one storyline, mm. uh, or get all of the the history of that character at this certain moment. So that's the one thing that would turn me off. I think I, I think I remember he hearing you say Kyle that they've kind of gotten away for that a bit but uh, maybe I'm wrong it's <laughs> funny that you mentioned that because yes they had uh, in some sense they would do their own you know outside you know event like Empire and Marvel's going on right now and it's pretty much self-contained that being said X-Men is about to do a I think 24 part story that will run through all of the X-Men book. So to get the entire X of Swords storyline, <laughs> you will have to read all 24 parts that are across all X-Men books. So, yes, they did, but now they're coming back. Oh, oh man. Wow. It's, it's tough. Uh, to uh, X-Men, out of all the superhero stories, more particularly in Marvel, it's very, very complex um, franchise, it's like it's 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 basically a, a rabbit hole almost basically <laughs> when it comes to the history of X Men. So you have to necessarily you have to really pick a certain story that doesn't like we we're saying that takes you on to five other books just to tell you that one particular story. <laughs> so, so Clarence, quick question. Didn't you say that was about probably 10 or maybe 10 plus years ago? It, it may have been eight to 10 years. I can't right. remember. So probably eight to 10 days ago, that was eight to 10 years, <laughs> about eight to 10 days ago, Ryan Kent and Ron and I were having a discussion about X-Men and Ryan and Ryan uh, were both saying that they wanted to read a story called Inferno. Yeah. And Kyle went up so far as to say, oh, well, you don't just need to read the X-Men uh, Inferno. You need oh. to also read blah, blah, blah to get the best story. Did I not, Ron Steve? <sighs> oh, yes, you did. This is a 37 <laughs> journey down that me and Ryan are currently reading right now. <laughs> I'm halfway through the second issue of the main arc right now and so, so are we just saying i don't change that much <laughs> <laughs> oh that's funny still a good story but man this is quite the journey <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah i would definitely say like if, like I said, if comic books, all right, going to a comic book shop, definitely, well, at this time right now, probably not the best um, direction to go as far as looking for it, but looking at it digitally, Marvel, Comic, or Marvel Comics Unlimited will definitely help out. DC, uh, DC Universe, uh, I will say, uh, helps out with that as well, um, with, their, with their superheroes. It's kind of somewhat the same on the parallel, I'm trying to figure out what they're going to do with 
DC yeah. Universe right now. I, I, my gut still tells me that DC Universe is going to become a version, their version of DC of Marvel Unlimited. Because I don't the, think uh, it's going away per se. No, I don't. I, for it to not to be a complete loss, I think they need to to change the format to be more similar to what Marvel Unlimited is, really. But, yeah. Um, well, yeah, uh, speaking of that, in, in recent news, I think they announced that all of their original content is going to be moving over to HBO Max. Yep. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say that if they don't want to completely cut their losses with Universe, I think they need to change this format and to be just more of a, a um, comic book um, subscription type um, service. And, you know, Ron, I'm going to second what you're saying, and I know this is cutting out the comic book shop, and I don't intentionally mean to do this, but Mm -hmm. to answer your original question for someone who's interested in getting into comics, if you're looking more so into the mainstream Mm -hmm. version of comics, I would recommend they do what you just said, Marvel Unlimited, and getting the DC Universe, because even though DC Universe doesn't have as big a catalog, I still recommend them. Now, if you're looking for more of a independent comic book story, but also on the fringe of the superhero genre, maybe look at Comixology Unlimited. Yeah. And you can rent, quote unquote, or borrow, not rent, but borrow these books that are part of the unlimited experience. So that might be something someone could look into. Sure. Yeah, oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. And you don't even necessarily have to stick with Marvel or DC because, like I said, there's a broader, much broader um, publishers now with Image, uh, Dark Horse, uh, uh, Source Print, um, Boom, IDW, so on and so forth. I mean, there's so many other places you can go to because if, if you're looking for something that's more hardcore and more uncut than image is definitely somewhere you want to go or dark horse is probably the areas you want to want to try out if you're looking for something more quirky and more fun saturday morning cartoon type stuff (laughs) (laughs) um probably idw or boom a little bit yeah i mean there's so many broad areas for you um, for you to look into with superheroes if if marvel if the mainstreams aren't what you're really looking for um there are plenty of good independent publishers out there as well. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So, so, so your, so your tips, so run down the tips you got for me, uh, find a good trade mm-hmm. book yep. that follows the character you like. Yep. And number two, find a good and or coming bookshop and or mentor. Yes. To lead you along the way. Yep. Is Maybe. there anything else that I need to know to get into Comics. Don't ask Kyle. <laughs> Don't <laughs> ask Kyle. <laughs> He'll scare you away. <laughs> Just pepper with uh with uh with Easter eggs the whole time. Like, oh, I need to know that too. No. Spoilers. <laughs> because I was looking, I was. It was funny at, in the. When I was looking for Inferno, I'm thinking, okay, it's just going to be a book about, it's going to say Inferno on there. And I'm looking at it and I'm seeing that it's, okay, there's X-Men uh, 238, then X-Terminator 1, 2, and 3. Okay, wait, where's the main <laughs> title? I'm scrolling, scrolling. I looked up to Google, I was like, okay, Inf- X-Men, Inferno. And it tells me, oh, it's a 37 <laughs> oh, <laughs> issue. Wow. I'm like, oh, man. 
in the but middle. But that wasn't required reading. Now you chose to read. Yeah, that. I did. I did. That I did. That is true. I did. I did. But I am a very patient person, so that I'm okay with that. I'm I'm okay with that. But for someone who just wants the main title, I get that's not for you. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Possibly find a trade, find a comic book shop or slash mentor to help you along the way. Um, also, getting to um, digital services as well. Um, oh, yeah. Marvel Unlimited, um, DC Universe. I would probably wait to subscribe for DC Universe as far as like pay for the pay because it may decrease in recent in the next few months or so. Because of you know they're moving all their their shows and movies on, onto HBO Max. But See, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go the opposite way. I think they're going to increase and increase the amount of content that they have book wise. Um, mm. Increase the value. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because okay. Marvel releases things digitally after six months. Mm-hmm. DC releases new titles digitally after twelve months. So I think they're going to decrease, but maybe to match and then. You know, they, they have a lot of titles in there. Um, you know, if you go to the DC app and start looking at all the different titles they have, but they may have only two issues of said title. I got you. You know, so I think they'll increase their digital production and, and probably match the price of Marvel Unlimited. Yep. And also, and also just keep, as, as I was saying before, just keep an open mind too when going into reading comic books because it was, it, keeping an open mind helps out from both ends when you're reading a book and watching a movie and watching movies and reading a book as well because they're two on two different sides you know different similar but also different as well at the same time yep and, and here's one other thing I would add like what you like don't like what everyone expects you to like yes that don't brainwash don't get brainwashed <laughs> into, into reading something just make sure because that's what we when that's why when we get someone who's new to it and they ask, hey, what you know, what should I get into? I was I answer answer that question with another question. Well, who are you into? Like, what got you interested in read, wanting to read the comic books? Because my I think what what started for me was watching the '90s Spider-Man show on Fox on Fox Kids back in the day, and. I immediately fell in love with Spider-Man and that got me into re- wanting to look into reading him. So I started reading um, trades of um, Ultimate Spider-Man. And that's what kind of, that was my gateway into nerdy- nerdiness. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, what are you guys geeking out over right now? Oh, man. Well, speaking of uh, HBO Max, I'm kind of geeking out on this whole Snyder Cut thing, mm. which, wah, wah, wah. Which, which I know Cal Jones is a hater over there, oh. wah, wah, but, wah. but I, I find this fascinating. I find it fascinating about it, around how they brought Joss Whedon in to, to finish this movie up, and here we are a few years later. And the whole Snyder Cut hashtag has gone bananas, and the studio, and as long as, and as well as Zack Snyder is back on board to provide his new, seemingly episodic content, uh, <laughs> surrounded around completing this. And on top of that, we have this whole debacle with Joss Whedon and Ray Fisher that has been in the news. 
So, yeah, I find everything around that really, really fascinating. And that's kind of what I've been geeking out on because I really want to see this. I want to see this vision. You just really want me to, to like, force me to watch this and me say, oh, well, this was the greatest movie of all the time. I think it will be, man. I'm holding out hope. Well, they are. And I never necessarily didn't have a problem with Justice League. It was BVS that I had a problem of. Mm. So I didn't necessarily have a problem with this movie. You have a problem with Snyder. Let's yes, be I do. I said, but, I, but I was being nice about this movie. Well, see. I I admit I commend you on that, Kyle, because you stay the same with this. Because it's funny how a lot of people kind of didn't like BVS. Let's be clear on that. A lot of people didn't like BVS, but it's funny to me when after watching Justice League, everybody wants to see Zack Snyder's cut. Like, how different is it? And that's my thing about that. I'm a little indifferent about that because it's like, okay, how, why are we so interested in watching his version all of a sudden? Because it's going to be his version, basically. I mean, I don't know how how different is it from Josh Whedon's stuff, you know? Because far as we know, that was the that was what's what the story is supposed to be. Is this, I guess, told under uh, Josh Whedon's. Um, you know, vision or whatever, but um, how much of it was Zack Snyder's stuff and how much of it was Josh Whedon's? That's what my concern is. Was it more Zack Snyder or was it more Josh Whedon? Okay, so I think the answer to your question is a little bit twofold. Number one, I think it is because the absence of something makes a mystery and everyone loves a mystery. Mm. So the idea of what could it be, how could it be different? And I will admit, I'm one of those people that loves to compare A and B and try to find the differences between A and B. That that, that just makes my brain pop. And I love that. So that mystery is part of it. The Mm. second part is maybe in some way trying to, make bvs a little bit better in saying well it started here we may not necessarily liked what happened here but we understand it by what happened in this justice league movie oh that makes blah 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 from bvs make so much more sense maybe 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 Maybe. Uh, that's a stretch because that movie is just horrible that point of that movie is horrible i like the rest of it actually but but yeah so I, I don't know, man. I don't know. But but on the differences of the Snyder Cut, if you go to SnyderCut.com, um, <laughs> how different is the Snyder Cut? They have a few bullet points right. here that I will, will iterate to you guys. Uh, Jason Momoa says it's totally different. The original cinematographer, Fabian Wagner, says only 10% of Snyder's shots were used in the final version. So out of everything he shot, only 10% was used. We didn't add it that nearly 80 new script pages added nearly 80 new script pages to his version of the movie, and it was cut to 120 minutes. Uh, uh, Snyder revealed that his version is 214 minutes long, and then there's a bunch of characters that didn't make it in the Whedon cut uh, that uh, were originally slated to be in the Snyder version. So it looks to be vastly different. Uh, hmm. I just find it interesting. Hmm. <laughs> it might be bad too, honestly, but hey. <laughs> 
As long as it's, as long as it's like matching, right? But <laughs> as long as we don't have a scene where all members of the Justice League just look up and go, Martha, then I'm fine. <laughs> I think Did that was <laughs> that was my reason I didn't like Justice League is that everything that happened in Batman v Superman did not come in fruition in Justice League. Yeah. Like, nothing like none of it like basically more particularly like when batman had the dream slash vision of flash going you know going i guess in his time going back in you know back in time to warn bruce about clark and he dies in batman v superman but then he comes back to life and nothing really happens he just has a temper tantrum and (laughs) (laughs) he had like a five minute temper tantrum and that was it and he was cool hey let's do do this let's stop stepping wolf and save the day Uh, (laughs) yeah yeah but but guys we know nothing will go wrong when you have a series of movies and you use different directors in the middle of them right Uh, I'm I'm looking at you last Jedi I'm looking at you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man uh, well, well look at some of the X-Men movies the same thing happened to them you know you had directors come and go and change their visions and etc and so forth so saying that they're going it, to solve but just add more yeah. questions to it yeah right yeah, yeah man. who knows? It may be the greatest movie of all times, you know. And again, let me say, I didn't necessarily have a problem with Justice League. I'm glad someone didn't. <laughs> hey, it, had, it had Wonder Woman in it, and and I'm sorry. Uh, well, okay, I'm going to give you two positive things from Justice League: Wonder Woman, and you made Aquaman an interesting character with Jason Momoa. So both of those things, I think, is a win-win for the movie. Inter- you know, Wonder Woman and an interesting, not bland, Aquaman. True. Yeah, they they made a way to make him more exciting. Which there, there you go. There's another example for you there, Clarence. Is how they how how. Aquaman in the comic books is nothing how he is. <laughs> <laughs> he is in the movie. Oh man! But um, I guess I'm gonna have to watch it. I'm gonna have to figure it out. But that's the only reason I'm probably be getting HBO Max is because of Justice League. Um, I gotta find more reasons to actually su- subscribe for it though. Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Okay. All right. That's two. That's two. But um. I think what I'm geeking out over right now is a uh, local comic book, uh, local comic book artist creator um, who I had on my sh- on previous season actually, um, uh, Eric Claus, who is having his first um, com- his first comic book being published and it's going to be on shelves Wednesday, well, which be technically today actually when hmm. the show's um. um it's a release, so um, I, it's called Ninjas and Robots, and the story itself—I mean, the title—pretty much explains the story itself, and it's just a fun story. It, it definitely has that Saturday morning type you know, cartoon show feel, and like I said, it's just a fun, fun um, story. And I suggest anybody who is looking, who is a newcomer to that, I probably would look into getting that as well look into uh previews that's another thing i meant to tell you there clarence is um 
the comic book magazine previews definitely helps you out looking at other books that's coming up. I guess I think it's two months in advance is what they show. Yep. Two months in advance, and they show you what books are you know coming out in those in those coming months, and definitely kind of piques your interest in what you may want to look into getting in in future dates. Um, but also, I would suggest anybody to go buy your local comic book shop, um, and also put that into your pull list and um, check that out because, like I said, I highly recommend that story. It's really cool. Um, we're gonna have to do a review with this Snyder cut. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Gotta settle this to see what is it really good? Is it really bad? Is it continuing the the uh the uh disappointment in <laughs> Batman v Superman or does it make up for it? Who knows? Who knows? The excitement, the intensity, the suspension of all is too much for me right now. <laughs> but um we wait with bated breath. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what about you, Kyle? Uh, the only thing, and you know the, what, this is going to uh, sound like a shameless plug, and I guess it is, but I will say something that I'm geeking out on because I know by the time this goes out, one of the final episodes of this podcast series that I am a big fan of called The Relativity Podcast will have aired. And it is, like I said, Shameless Plugs. It co-stars our very own Clarence Brown, as well as Lee Shackelford, who also writes and produces it. So if you like audio dramas, if you like sci-fi serials, uh, definitely, definitely check out the Relativity podcast. For sure, for sure, guys. And also, guys, to always, always check us out here on Discuss- Discussing Network, where you can listen to Discussing Comics, which is pretty much similar to how I streaming Geeked Out, just a little more, um, I will say it's the high-end uh, version of streaming Geeked Out. It's your Earth One, I'm Earth Two. So right, right. <laughs> um, also, you can check out uh, Discussing Who, uh, where they discuss um, Doctor Who's um, uh, franchise as well, and Discussing Track. Um, where they discuss also um, the, sh- the most famous sci-fi show of all time, uh, S- Star Trek. Um, and also here, Extremely Geeked Out, the new, the new member of uh, Discussing Network. And um, guys, if you have any comments, any questions, check us out on Facebook or email us as well. Um, Kyle, what is that email? Host at DiscussingNetwork.com Yes. And uh, guys... I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope that we've been able to help you out. And also, if didn't really pique your interest or whatever, there's a certain superhero you may want to check out. It's magic. And who is she? And what's she all about? Well, you can definitely go on to discussing uh, comics where we discuss all about who is magic as well. So definitely check that out, guys. All right. Well, Kyle, Clarence, I appreciate being on here. It's been fun. I hope we've been able to uh, help you out with that, Clarence, on where where to start. Um, and uh, this is a uh, hope that we can do this again. Awesome. Yes, certainly. All right. All right, guys. See you uh, next time. Peace. <laughs>